When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Well, we have a very rare, maybe a one-time offer from Neat Essentials today, um, a promo code. They've never given us a promo code. It's always just been casual and their prices are so reasonable that um, I don't know if they could even survive on a promo code, but they have one here today. The code is SPITSUIT and you get 20% off uh, 4-3 thermal chest sips and 3-2 thermal chest sips. Well, you know, it's funny because I often buy my full suits right around August, you know, so that I'm prepared for the first little batch of cold water that can come in and you can get killer deals in the summertime. And so now's the time to buy your full suit. Don't wait until December when everything's fully jacked. Uh, Although Neat Essentials always has great prices. But now, I mean, are you kidding me? And the promo code spit suit, type that in. Killer deal. One word, um, all lowercase spit suit. I'm just gonna look up the pricing. I don't know why we dance around pricing all the time. Do you think it's uncouth to mention the pricing on air? Uncouth, that's not the word. It probably um lack of discretion might be the phrase, but it's kind of like a between us and and need and what but no, dude, it's not a finger. I mean, it is what it is. So I should mention the price. Yeah. What are we right. afraid of? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not afraid. I just don't know. I just haven't received the um, direction. However, okay. The four, three thermal yeah. chest sip is normally two sixty, which oh, is yeah, obviously a, a smoking deal. deal. Yeah. That's the brand new full price. Um, so 20% off that, which is basically 50 bucks. Right. And then the three, two is, uh, 225 bucks is the normal price and 20% off that another 45 bucks off. Boom. And this is what we were talking about. I'm holding it right here. This is the four, three chest zip with the thermal chest and uh, back and all the way down to the knee is where that thermal runs just from our previous conversation. Oh Oh yeah. So this thing is killer smoke and deal. You can't beat it. I think it's free shipping as well. Um, so yeah, can't beat it. Toasty. Toasty. And next, I mean, I'm not promising this, but I have ordered something in the past and gotten it next day. So they fulfill really quickly too. So neatessentialsusa.com. And then of course there's the uh, last chance section of the website, which you should always check before you check out. Cause I mentioned last week that they have those um, ski pants, the polar tech pants for a hundred bucks, which was a crazy deal as well. So check that out. And then, of course, waterways, Scott. Look, here's the deal. If I was on Surfline this morning, and Jay Bay is like 8 to 10 feet. What? <laughs> and it's just perfect. Like, it's the most mesmerizing thing to watch. And it makes me go, wow. And really, if you think about it, Chopu's firing, the South Shore of Oahu's firing, South Swell Spots are firing, Jay Bay's firing, Indo's firing. And you need a legit, like travel partner that's been there for 
you know, over 30 something years. And that's Sean Murphy's waterways travel. A hundred percent. Do you want to hear a tiny bit of excellent news for you and I? Yes. Excellent. Just news. a glimmer of hope. It's not no promises yet, right. but um, I was emailing with them and they said, we've got to think of a way to get you and Scott on a waterways trip this year. I've been thinking about which spot would be best and maybe Samoa or Micronesia as both countries have been closed since March of 2020 and are scheduled to open uh, reopen later this year. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> Hell yeah. I know. Uh, so just, you know, it's nice to have little goals in life. And so just plant that seed. The anticipation yeah. of a trip is really half of what the fun is. Yeah. Um, looking forward to it for months on end. So think about that and waterwaystravel.com. If you are interested in getting to Samoa or Micronesia, yeah, waterwaystravel.com will get you there. Sweet. I love it. Looking forward to it. As we see some movement at the takeoff zone, it's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry. This thing holding open. It spits. Uh, when it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit, spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. Welcome, everybody. It's it. It is Wednesday. No, it's Thursday. We're a little late. We apologize. David Lee Scales, Scott Bass, talking all things surf on this day, which is June second, twenty twenty two. Good morning, David. Good morning, Scott. Um, Memorial Day this week in the U.S. of A. That was Monday, so everything got pushed back a day in our work week. But I'm um, glad to be here, and I cannot believe it's June. I'm reading this book. It's called Ghost Soldiers by Hampton Sides. And it's an incredible true story of a rescue of a prisoners from a POW camp in the Philippines in 1944. It's an amazing story. It's such a good read. And, and it's a Memorial Day weekend type of read. Um, I just yeah. happened to be reading it dirt. You know, there was no plan there, but if you get a chance, check out ghost soldiers. If you're in, especially if you're like me and you're into history, uh, it's fascinating. Sounds awesome. Um, have you been surfing? I have been, Good. I've been surfing like twice a day. What? Yeah. Good stumble for you. foot twice, two different stumble foot sessions per day. Uh Oh, uh-oh because yeah. you're cold feet or what i had an experience <laughs> i got so so i told you I'm, I'm just over eps you know like i'm not really over the board builders that made the eps boards but i'm over the eps foam i just can't ride it i've come to the, the determination so i turned in i went to uh the board source which is my favorite go-to used surfboard place here in carlsbad and I turned in my two EPS boards and just randomly grabbed a board off of the rack and as a trade. So I have a new little four fin thing that I'm trying to figure out. And I've been surfing. I've been surfing a bunch. And there's been a ton of combo swell, both wind swell and south swell. And so it's made for a lot of, a lot of surf, you know, a lot of action. Have you figured out the quad? 
I figured out that I'm probably not as good as I thought I was, is what I'm thinking. Can you say who shaped it or do you want to? No, it's a good board. It's, it's a guy I don't even know. Delray Surfboards. Never even okay. heard of him. But apparently it's a guy named Peter from Coronado. And it's a really cool board. And I'm actually digging that board. And it's, and it's polyurethane. And I immediately noticed the difference, you know, like, and who was I talking to? Oh, I was talking to Gary Linden on my last podcast, which is live now. If you, It's a really good one. I mean, Gary's just a, he's just a plethora of information. But he told, he told me that he too does not like EPS foam. And he attributed, attributes it in part to, um, because it's open cell, the cells aren't connected like closed cell foam is, that there's no forward velocity. And, and he even mentioned, he goes, yeah, you know what I noticed, Scott, is when I'm paddling for a wave, as soon as I stop, the board stops. Like there's no momentum. And, um, and again, I, I don't have anything. I'm not saying that EPS foam doesn't have a place because I, I know it does. And I know guys rip on it. Um, but for me, I think it's just that I'm, I'm sort of an old salt and I've just been riding polyurethane blanks for 30, 40 years or whatever. And I'm just used to it. You know what I mean? Yep. And yep. it's kind of like relaxed fit jeans versus wearing like super tailored, you know, slim fit. Um, you know, I just, I just don't look good in them, you know, like the sourdough bulge kind of shows up. Like I got to kind of hide stuff and polyurethane foam helps me hide some of my mistakes. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. And it's, um, the surf industry introduces new materials or the surfboard industry introduces new materials every so often. And they are rarely ever embraced and they rarely ever become um like a viable business just because it's so hard to change our ways i don't know if manufacturers just got it right in the 50s they got it so right in the 50s or if we just have gotten so used to what we're used to that we're reticent to change and maybe it's a little bit of both actually and i think that if you're like a real springy sprightly light on your feet surfer that that can get a board is oh is willing to get a board up to speed quickly and has the twitch factor to do that that eps in glassy conditions has a ton of potential because there is a real there can be a certain like bounce back liveliness to it like when you immediately like set the fin in the rail right from takeoff and kind of get some action going you know so like i said some kind of springy and you're moving and you're constantly twitching and you're going around sections and and the wave produces speed for you i think that there i've seen guys that that rip on them and i bet for doing airs and stuff and i don't know this but i'm assuming that the eps maybe is a little better for that too because it probably leaves the water quicker you know so i know that there's a place for it and i'm not here to poo poo it I'm just saying that personally, I'm poo-pooing it. I, it. It's not for me. And from the board builder side, um, there's a huge shortage right now of EPS due to really? supply. Yeah, due to supply chain issues, oh. um, like significant, like, you know, the industry's never seen or hasn't seen in a very long time. Um, so I think that everything will get sorted out probably by the fall. But at least yeah. for the next few months, everybody's kind of at a bottleneck. 
And of course, Gary's Gary's constantly raving about the agave. Yeah. And so I'm like, hmm, you know, and I don't know. It's weird. I'm just trying to find a board that that it's so funny. I think the board that works that I'm searching for is probably behind me in my shed, not the board directly I, behind me, but you know what I mean? In my I backyard, think so too. there's a board sure. there that I, that I, you know, like a lot. Of, and plus I think I'm kind of searching, like I've been watching tons of surf videos and I'm like, God, I want to surf like Dane Reynolds. And the fact of the matter is I watched myself surf yesterday. In fact, on the surf line rewind, cause that's how, that's how lame I am. I'm the guy that like rewinds and watches himself. <laughs> What's the word for that? Myopic? Yes. No. But what is uh, that? And post it on Instagram too. I don't do that. I don't do that. I know. I'm it's, just it's kidding. Not good. I mean, occasionally I have, but I try not to. <laughs> I don't do it. I've done it five times, but I don't do it. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. <laughs> I guarantee you I would if it was like viable. Yeah. But, the footage is so crappy compared to what everyone else is posting. It's like, no. Um, but what was I getting at? I forget. But uh, the, the board, the board that's right for you is right behind you. I think it is. I all I'm doing, like I oh yeah. So I was watching myself yesterday, and all I'm doing is a bottom turn. Like I think I'm doing all this crazy stuff. Like I'm like, oh, I really hit the lip good on that one. I gotta go watch that one. Mm -hmm. And um, at the end of the day, I'm just like a 15 year old surfer. Like that's yeah. kind of what it boils down to is that I'm not dignified. I think if I was dignified, I wouldn't even watch the cam rewind. Yeah. Well, I think that a lot of surfing and a lot of surfing's lessons are really metaphors for life. You can kind of extrapolate it out and glean so much insight into how to operate life through these lessons. And, um, the, the one about the board being already in your quiver is key with so many things in life. We're just constantly searching. We're trying to get better, keep up with the Joneses when in reality, we already have everything we need, you know? And, and I've experienced that too. Like, um, and I think a lot of it too has to do with good waves, you know, like it's hard to find a board for crappy waves because the waves are crappy. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally right. Um, but even if I have fast two to three foot waves that are two to three feet that are fast, like a beach break, I have great boards for that, you know? Yeah. And I have great boards behind me. Like, and in fact, although that is a Rossin behind me, Pat's made me, I have a six, six Impala. That's really good for four to six foot ropey long Southwell beach break waves, you know, right. because I'm not doing, I mean, a six, six is perfect for me. I'm going to yep. catch the wave a little earlier, get to my feet it immediately, because it's a Ross and it immediately finds the zone. And I just race and race and go fast and pretty much go straight and maybe do a turn. And then I kick out and I'm, and I'm psyched because I'm catching a lot of waves, you know, because totally. it's a little bit more bored. And going fast, going fast is the most That's fun it. thing you could do. Going fast. That's all I want to do. Um, well, speaking of the appropriate board, we were advertising a Channel Islands free scrubber through the month of May. And we randomly selected a winner yesterday oh, yeah. on the Wheel of Names app. And um, Brian Huang is the winner. Congratulations, Brian Huang. Yeah. And I emailed him yesterday just to confirm that he could receive the board and all that kind of stuff. And he was completely 
yes, he can receive it. And he was completely uh, gobsmacked. He was just like, I never won anything. I cannot believe this. I looked at his uh, profile that he set up for supporting our work and he's been supporting us for like two years already. So longtime supporter, which I think is really cool. And also I always worry about fulfillment. Like what if the person who wins is in Korea? How do we get the board to them? You know? And it turns out he lives and surfs in Ventura. So it's like, I know. And it's from channel islands, which is in Carpinteria. So I'm like, man, this could not be easier for me for my logistical portion. Um, And he already picked one out off the stock dim portion of their website with futures fins uh, boxes, futures boxes. So we're going to get that to him ASAP. And uh, yeah, huge congrats. Well, right on, Brian. Stoked for you and stoked. And thank you for supporting. And thanks to all the subscribers. Completely. And this uh, month, we're going to be advertising an album, Free Wing, which is Jack Freestone's new model. Um, And then then we've got boards lined up throughout the rest of the year. So if you didn't get in last month, at least start this month. I wanted to ride an album. They're, they look, they're very sexy looking boards. And I've, I have never, uh, I don't think I've ever ridden an album. Do you want to ride Jack Freestone's model? Do you have one? You get one, don't you? You get one. No, I, You're kind of I, like me. I did not get one. I tried that last year and I got way too many boards and didn't have enough time to ride them. So um, no, I'm not going to try to do What's that. What's the free, what is this board? What's it all about? So it is a short board. It is pointy nose. It's got three fins, I think. I think it's a thruster, but it's um, got more volume. So it's got a wing, which is why he calls it a free wing. So it's kind of thicker, flatter than a high performance thruster. So the idea is Jack is off tour where he was riding the most high performance Ferraris. So now this is kind of that transitional board for him to be able to not exactly ride what Josh Kerr is riding, you know, but um, transition towards that being able to still blast the fins and do airs and that sort of stuff. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the board here. Is it a thruster setup? I think it is. Um, Designed as a twin trailer. So okay, that's side right. fins and a trailer. But I knew all, that all didn't could be right. ridden as a thruster. Okay. Which I think I would ride it as a thruster. It looks really killer. <laughs> I'm, such, I, a, I'm well, such a victim for surfboards. <laughs> I was going to say, you've been searching. Maybe we found one for you right now. I. This board looks cool, man. The boards are beautiful. <laughs> That's the other thing. Oh the boards God. are just so beautiful, right? They are. <clears throat> All right. Well, we'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Six two free wing. Oh yeah. Um, speaking <laughs> speaking of going real fast and high performance boards, yeah. The G Land event is in the middle of one of the longest doldrum spells that I can ever remember. Yeah, I guess they ran the women yesterday, right? Just, just the elimination round, four heats. And I watched some of it, and it was lackluster. Right? Totally, but they got to do it, right? They, they got to do it. But the real question here is, you know, everyone, they should mention this on the broadcast too. There's a swell coming to G-Land. It's going to be there on the 9th, on the 10th, on the 11th. Now, they're supposed to be in El Salvador, June 12th. Eek. 
I believe that's the like. There's no wiggle room. No. I is that right? June twelfth well, or is it July twelfth? I I don't know. I think uh, it's but, June twelfth. But the uh, the end of the waiting period is the sixth here. So well, that's a yeah. Problem. June, you're right. June twelfth. It's that tight turnaround. So um, previously, just to kind of set the table, previously event windows were two weeks long, twice as long, and um, because the number of surfers on tour were so much longer. So after the cut, they've shortened the waiting period because they have fewer surfers to run. But unfortunately, that also landed this waiting period right in the middle of two massive swells, one before the event and one right after the event. Okay, so... I know that there's not going to be anything we can do as when I say we, I mean the WSL because you and I are a part of it. (laughs) They don't know it. We're giving them free advice. Um, But in my mind, this at the end of the year, this is something that I go, okay, where did we screw up this year? Where can we do better? And this is where we can do better. We cannot go to G land and have, have it be 12 foot or eight to 10 foot the day we arrive four foot the whole time we're there and 10 foot the day we leave. Yeah. That's we're doing something wrong. Totally. And how do we make sure that that never, ever happens again? I mean, totally. you're talking about going to the best wave in the world and not getting, you know, six, you know, good waves. Well, and that's, that's really the that's really the the problem with it is um, there's so much hype around this event, so much lead up. I was saying leading up to it, this is I've never I haven't been this excited for a contest uh, other than pipe, probably in years and years. And so when you watch all that footage leading up to the event, and it is one of the great waves in the world, and then the event runs in very marginal surf, it's just a total missed opportunity. And there is a way to actually solve the equation. That's the thing. That's the thing. There's a, there's a solution. There's a solution. And And the solution could easily be two weeks. It's two weeks waiting period. That's perfect. Or, or have an adjustable waiting period. Adjustable. Now you got to understand from logistically, from their standpoint, they're renting out camps and those camp owners, those proprietors are going, look, we just can't, we have people coming in. You know, we have new guests coming in on the, you know what I mean? We just can't tell them no because WSL's here. And so it's not as easy as me going, why don't they just stay for three days? What they do need to do is block out. I think what they need to do, if they were, like, if it was me, I would block out three weeks. And then about a month or two weeks going into it, we have a pretty good idea of what's happening swell-wise, what the forecast is for low pressure systems, and we can maybe adjust, but we have to pay the proprietors of the camp three weeks because yeah. I want three weeks because I want eight to 10 foot G-Land because eight to 10 foot G-Land is going to do so much for my brand that it's worth the payment. It's of worth course. extra money. And the, it's got to be the, looked at like, and I mean for years to come, because what are we looking at right now? We're looking at how perfect it was in 97. Right. So guess what? In 2035, we're going to be going, God, remember how good 23 was? Holy shit. It's a good thing we took three weeks and make sure we've picked the eyes out of an insane swell. That's what needs to happen. 
if they're not going to do the purple blob tour with just 12 surfers completely yeah the expense of renting out the camp is not a stop point no hell no if it is you're it not can't a, be. you're not the wsl exactly you're not yeah. thinking it through but exactly. so they can go surf four foot soft el salvador exactly come on <laughs> totally so they're um they did run one full day of competition I think right at the beginning of the waiting period. So we can discuss that there were, I mean, those waves, there was later in the afternoon, if I remember it was flawless, it wasn't that big, but it was absolutely kind of, you turn it on, you see a wave rolling through and you just go, Whoa, stop in my tracks. This is what I've drawn on my, you know, when I was in high school, sitting in class, trying to avoid doing math work. Um, Anyways, a couple of interesting notes about this. Kelly Slater shows up in a private yacht. <laughs> how, about, <laughs> yeah. how about that? He lost his heat. I mean, he, he beat Jackson Baker, but he lost to Jack Robinson. Um, and that's another note, by the way, is the format. I didn't realize this prior to the event, but the format shifted a little bit. It used to be that in round one, whoever lost, whoever got third place in the three-man heat would be put into the elimination round. It's now only the winner leapfrogs past the elimination round so place two and three go into the elimination round so there's um i think that does add to the stakes a little bit so kelly slater got second in his heat but he's still in the elimination round which is yet to run um but i thought yeah kelly showing up in the private yacht was a baller move (laughs) um (laughs) the uh indonesian uh wild card rio Wida that guy took, is, you better watch out for him totally that and he took out win Felipe it, toledo especially if it's huge like if it got huge like i think because it's only three to four feet it, it some of his mojo is lost there yeah but if it's macking g land that guy knows how to surf macking g land well and if it's three to four feet by the way he won manly last month i'm just saying that up against the top surfers in the world and frankly rios could be in the he could easily be in this crew of guys like he's not just some dude that they pulled off the beach as you know he's completely legit from a competitive standpoint he understands competitive surfing he's been surfing competitively forever my point is is that he loses some of his local stat like if it's eight to twelve foot i've got way more money on rio than i do if it's three to four feet yep but again he did win manly so that does say something you're right um but the question or the detail there was Felipe Toledo we've been talking about was having a very good year and without Gabriel Medina, he had a lane to a world title. And so the question was with the couple of big barreling reef passes on the back half of the year and with Gabriel as a contender, what does that do to Felipe's title shot? And really it lessens his title shot unquestionably, but will he step up and solve for the equation? And by losing to Rio Wida, not a great op, not a great um, start to this yeah. event. And yeah. now that the waves are scheduled to be smaller throughout the rest of the window, he does yeah. certainly have more advantage. But I think that is worth discussing. And then, of course, Gabriel Medina returns and cruises to victory. Um, I didn't even think the he way, looked that sharp. I, I didn't, didn't either. Gabe looked that sharp at all. Well, the waves. So he didn't have a huge heat total, but he did uh, 
he did do exactly what he needs to do to the competition. Like he got busy. He took off his first wave back in competition was this long stretched out wave. And he just goes, I'm going to Gabriel Medina, this thing. And he just surfed as fast as I've seen anybody surf out there, found a section, you know, he's looking for a big air section. Didn't quite find it. Didn't find the barrel, but he found a couple sections to hit and turn that into what ended up, ended up being, I don't know if that was actually a keeper score or not, but he got a score and that put him in the lead. And then he kept doing that a couple of times just to stay in the lead, to have that stranglehold on those lesser guys or on the other guys, and then ended up getting his keeper scores. So he just, he did what he's done to stay in title contention, no matter what the waves are doing ultimately. Yeah, I agree. I watched his heat. And um, like I said, he, you know, his performance was like, for him was like a four out of 10. Like he oh, wasn't yeah. even, you know, like that first wave, he just ran through it. And I don't even think he was looking for an air. He was just like, I'm just trying to get my feet. I'm just trying to figure out this wave. I'm just, you know, he won that heat by just trying to figure out, like it was basically a free surf for him. He's like, oh, I'm just going to. Well, I think he won that heat by, and that first wave, there was an intention and it was get a score on the board so that I'm in first and these guys feel pressure because, it, you know, it's Calum Robson and Sammy Pupo. So you could take advantage of them a little bit because they're uh, not as seasoned competitors. And what ends up happening is they just wait out the back for a set wave that ultimately doesn't come. And then when it does come, maybe they're too nervous to surf it. And Gabe's staying busy and putting scores on the board. And the other thing I noticed, and I, I am in by no means an expert. Uh, I've never been to G-Land, but it did seem like the swell had a bit of, of tail in it, like west in it. Like certain sets were almost running too fast down the, down the reef, you know? Yeah. And there was other ones that, set up more perfectly along the reef, which I'm assuming are more southerly directed sets. Okay. Yeah. And on those ones, that's when the barrel barrel section presents itself. You know, the wave runs a little bit more. Um, uh, the tempo is more predictable. Uh, and that's kind of what Griffin Colapinto, he got the highest score of the day. It was like a nine something, something. And it was just that beautiful, like perfectly reeling wave never tried to stall for the barrel because there wasn't the double up section. He just continually cracked the thing and uh, looked phenomenal. So. You know, it's interesting. By the way, of course, Luke Egan's doing a great job breaking down a lot of the surfing that's occurring. And the one thing that stands out to me is, is Luke mentioned how important it is not to get in front of the wave at G-Land. Yeah. And it would be my intention, and I've seen it in some of the girls' heats and some of the guys' heats, where they're just like, get on your high horse and go and be in front of it. Because the last thing I want is a backdoor 10-foot section that I have to somehow thread. Right. And in fact, that's what you need to do to surf that wave good, is you need to almost wait for it. You need yeah. to wait back, and you need to welcome and be hoping for a section that you have to drive through from behind and it, in a, some ways, it kind of lends itself to the goofies a little more or the really, really great Jack Robinson type, Kelly Slater type backside surfers that can do that, that can weave because you have to weave through it. And so I think you're going to see, well, of course, it's smaller, but the guys that wait on the wave and don't run out in front of it are the guys that are surfing it uh, and are going to get those sections and make those deep uh, backdoor barrels. Well, at the great waves in the world, which this is, you get more speed in those sections than you've ever experienced in your life. So 
they're worried about being behind it, that right. big crazy bowl. Yeah. But the reality is you'll come flying through that thing. And so uh, that's what we want to see. Risk reward type of wave. Totally. You, know, you have to wait on it, but there's a lot of risk to wait on it because yeah, that thing could race past you. And if, if you don't have, especially backside, if you don't have the ability to pump in the tube and to line it up, you know, you're in trouble. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll see some drama unfold in the next uh, day or two that they run. You mentioned that they ran the women yesterday or last night for us. Um, Tyler Wright was missing. She was in the elimination round. She was missing from competition. She has contracted COVID. Oh, has it been confirmed as COVID? It has been. And um, I don't know. if Where did she pick it up? That's the question. So did she get COVID at camp? Because there's two camps that are housing everybody. And um, because presumably, presumably she would have been tested before arriving, of course. And she did surf in her round one heat, which was five or six days ago. So presumably she was not positive in that first heat. And then she somehow got positive for the second heat or before the second heat. So I'm not sure exactly of the timeline, but yeah, it is confirmed that that was the reason for her withdrawal. Wow. They must quarantine her. She must be, that's heavy. I mean, what if a bunch of people there get COVID? I mean, COVID's kind of spiking. I know it's not as, uh, it, it doesn't seem to be as deadly or whatever, or hospitalizations don't seem to be as, is great, but here in the United States, COVID's completely spiking. And for the first time, I know a bunch, I have three friends that have it right now that like are in really? my close circle. Really? And I don't, in the last two years, I don't recall having three really close friends have it. Like when it was like Omicron or Delta or whatever, you know what I mean? Like I always yeah. heard about people, you know, in Ohio that had it or whatever, but there's people in my sphere that have it now. And the, the thing that's interesting to me is people simply aren't reporting it. You know, like you get it, you got your free test from the government, you take your test, you test positive. You don't necessarily tell the County about it. Right. You go to bed for a week or two weeks and right. get over it and then move on with your life. And so uh, I guess this thing's really transmissible. Do you sense David, um, are you more, is it more in the forefront of your thought when you go out in the say the last week, or are you still just like, whatever? No, it's not in the forefront of my thought. And, uh, I've, I avoid people anyways, so it's not, I'm not right. going to parties. I'm not, you know, right. I mean, we don't really go to restaurants anymore, so no, it's not really a concern of mine yeah. at the grocery store. I go to pretty much every day. I don't get in close contact with people. Yeah. Um, but the question here is, uh, or the big, I mean, really the big story of the entire GLAN event, to be honest, is the lay day rager that they all had. Um, two nights ago, they just had a complete blowout party where everybody, I mean, Stephanie Gilmore and Gabriel Medina on the dance floor together, people in their wet rash guards, people doing shoeys out of their booties from wet reef booties drinking sculling beers out of the wet reef booties and when i say everybody i mean chloe andino started it but joe turpel renato hickel all the you know uh a bunch of the ct surfers just having a full blowout so 
if somebody has COVID in that environment, that is the environment in which it's transmissible. <laughs> and that is the exact environment that it's transmissible. And probably the exact reason, by the way, that Kelly's staying on a yacht rather than with everybody else in the land camp. That's so great. Booty COVID. I know. Um, can you imagine drinking in the time of COVID, drinking shared beers out of a shared booty? <laughs> wet, <laughs> a wet reef booty that somebody was just wearing. Oh, my Lordy. That's um, just crazy. So let's talk real quickly about this blowout rager yeah. because it looked like a ton of fun. Um, are you glad to see it or are you against it? Um I'm not against it at all. Am I glad to see it? I don't really care. You know, people getting drunk. So, so what? Okay. Then I'm kind of like, I mean, like there's this sense that, Oh, isn't it great? The tour is loosened up for once. It's not, it's not quite as professional. It's more like the way surfers should be at a surf camp anyway. And, and maybe I'm just like the old guy here, but I think if I was 25, I'd be like, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. But I'm kind of like, all right, drinking beer is big deal. Like to me, it's not that big a deal. Uh, I'm not thinking, oh, it's cool that they're drinking beer. What I like to see is personality. I'm thrilled that we finally get to see a different, like Stephanie Gilmore and Gabriel Medina dancing hey, together. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> so is that really what you want to see is, is drunken personalities? Or do you want to see real personalities? Because I'm suggesting to you that if they're getting super hammered drunk, um, I mean, I guess it could be argued that you're seeing the real person because the inhibitions are gone. Yeah, I'm not I'm not making that argument at all. And I what I guess if I was there, I'd be able to identify who's drunk and who isn't and where the boundary is. But just from what we were able to see on social media, them having a good time, Gabriel Medina smiling and engaging we- with everybody else. I was actually we, like, this is, this is kind of what I want to see the behind the scenes stuff, you know? Okay. I'm, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I, I know I step on you a lot. I apologize. No, it's right. The thought that came to my mind is I think if you really excavate why we like this story, it's because it wasn't put out by the WSL. It has a feeling of, Hey, we weren't supposed to see this, but guess what? Stab threw it out there. Whoever did it went on some Instagrams. And it has a, it has, cause you know, the WSL and every God bless them and everything they're trying to do is like, Hey, check out this behind the scenes look that we edited for 15 hours. And you know? it's like, so boring. You know, I it, tried to watch Jackson Baker's like uh, Jackson, Jackson Baker's Wax. Learn how he his board. Puts his it's so in. boring. It's so boring. And so, you know what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? That there's yeah. a sense that if you really excavate why this is, we're kind of like, Oh, this is cool. It's not necessarily that they're drunk or that we're seeing. It's this sense that we are actually seeing stuff that we weren't supposed to see, like yeah. Renato getting hammered, you know, yeah. Joe Turpel. You never see that from Joe. But yeah, I agree. That is what it is. It's seeing something that's unscripted and off the cuff. And it's these people um, who they try to protect in a lot of ways, being human beings. You know, and that's, that's, I think what was enjoyable about it. Um, but if the I question... tell you something right now off the air, would you be able to edit out, edit it out of this? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We'll go to cut. Are, yeah. Go to cut, right. Stop recording and I'll tell you. Something. Let me do a little cut. 
This is going to ruin. <laughs> this is going to we'll be ruin. back. <laughs> okay, we we're back. Um, just some behind. That was just unsubstantiated gossip that Scott and I needed to discuss whether or not it was worth airing. And I don't think that we can substantiate it. So now we can't. Um, but as it, so back to the late a rager, does it, will it affect the surfers performances? No, because okay. they're young, they can bounce back quickly and they've had already two or three days to bounce back. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree. I'm in full agreement there. Um, I do want to read just from Stab's article to give people a background on the party. It said somebody that was unnamed was on the scene and then reported to Stab. And so this is a quote from them. I don't reckon the tour has ripped the lid off that hard in about 10 years. Vintage Fiji right there. Middle of the event with no confirmed lay day for the next day. We broke the surfer's deck from dancing so much that it got mo- that the party got moved to the helipad. Massive shout out to Jawa Jiwa camp for doing beer runs all night long. Let's put it this way. The Brazilian lads were leading the charge. They were running to the truck and unloading styrofoam eskies full of Coronas that were disappearing in a second, back and forth, back and forth. Jawa Jia just turned up Jawa Jia for the win. And then in the comments section, uh, of that article, the Green Room Times, Green Room Times, wrote. Meanwhile, Kelly on his boat in the channel, pho- phoning in a noise complaint at 9 p.m. to Eric <laughs> Logan after the noisy kids next door were having an out of control party. <laughs> That's all time. I know, pretty funny. Um, okay, so the event is going to run in two to four feet surf, essentially. Who does this benefit and who does this hurt? Who's going to win in two to three, two to four feet? I, I see, uh, I see like an Elo Gabe final. Um, it could help somebody like Kanoa, who's co- real competitively savvy and can put, uh, as you always mentioned, two 7.5s up at each and every heat. Cause there's probably going to be heats where you get, a 6.9 and then your backups like a four and it's going to be tight, you know, like 11 is going to win it. Yeah. And, and so the guy that can get two sevens and get a 14 or get a 13 is going to be the guy that moves through. And I just see that being Elo and Gabe, I see them stitching together sevens, no problem because they're going to be doing errors and Felipe's in that mix too. Yeah. So Felipe now comes back into the conversation. If the waves are small, I agree with you. Our money was on Gabriel regardless. Yeah. And it's interesting that, uh, Idolo and Gabe are the two surfers who we would pick whether the waves are 10 feet or two feet. So that says something about them. Um, yeah. I guess mainly that they're goofy foot. That's an indicator. Cause if this no, was two but- foot J Bay, we wouldn't be picking them. Uh, I don't know. Italo's backside air, air game is solid. We would open it up to a lot more people if it was J-Bay. But um, so the, the real thing that it does here is it nullifies the great regular footers. It, it so nullifies Jack Robinson. Kelly Slater and Kelly. John John Florence. And John John, yeah. You know, so that's where I think John John Florence and Jack Robinson can look at to – make strides in their surfing is that Gabriel and Gabriel and Idolo, you know, don't have any 
I agree with you. You're not going to be able to beat Elo and Gabe in three foot lefts. But my point is that's this is on the WSL. When you look back on this event and you go, oh, it's too bad it wasn't eight to ten foot. It would have given Jack and John John with a hurt knee and Kelly a better chance. You have to say to yourself, fail. WSL, fail. You've got to book out the camp so that if you're going to G-Land, you're going to get at least six to eight foot like it was on the first round of competition. And I don't want to create any sort of contest format that gives Kelly a chance or gives somebody a better chance. No, this is about the way. But what you want to do is create a contest format that allows the best surfers in the world to surf to a degree that very few other people or no other people on the planet can surf. And so that's where the fail is, is put the fastest, most complex waves on offer. And then there's these basically five people, forget about the 16. We didn't even need 16. There's these five people who can really have a a chess match to figure out who is the top surfer. You know, that's what we want. And okay, let's take we're so a close quick to it. Break because I want to talk a, a little bit about um, a breakaway tour. Yep. Quick break. Real Water Sports, David, the good people at Real Water Sports in uh, the Outer Banks of North Carolina, they have the greatest website for buying surfboards, fins, wetsuits, leashes, all the hardcore surf hardware that you need for uh, stoking your stoke. I like it. Uh, They call it the board loft. It's 1500 boards, which is a crazy inventory. Um, And again, they do these kind of collaborations with shapers. So they have models that are unique to real water sports that aren't available anywhere else. And it's really just a who's who of all these people that you and I have interviewed on our, on our various podcasts, um, lost surfboards, Pizel, uh, Christensen, Maurice Cole, Ricky Carroll, Pat Rawson. And so they're just a phenomenal resource and with a deep inventory. And then the other key detail is just the shipping, you know, like shipping has been plagued, uh, large items like surfboards for a long time, but real water sports has figured it out and they just do one low flat fee and they can ship you aboard anywhere in the world. So they're pretty epic and they're a great partner of ours. So realwatersports.com, of course. AG1, oh my, AG1. Look at you shaking up your AG1. I love my AG1. It's part of my morning routine. When I prepare my breakfast, I prepare my AG1 and it is a drink that's filled with nutrients and uh, super healthy sourcing of those ingredients too for the AG1. David, I know you're a fan. I know, sad. I've been waiting to drink it this whole time. I had to wait through most of our show just to get my fill. Um, People always talk about super foods. Let's talk about super drink. This is the food pulverized into a powder. So it's become a drink, which is actually the easiest way to ingest it. So right. It's a no brainer. And no we're brainer. all trying to, uh, you know, lengthen our ability to be red hot surfers. And the AG one is part of my routine to do that. Although the red hot surfing part is, has yet to be <laughs> met. <laughs> um, I'm thrilled to be involved with the company. They've made some big news stories in the last year or so, because they've got this crazy valuation, tons of money infused, but it's because 
they're the um, leading product in the market. And so I'm thrilled that we've been able to partner with them for the past year. Athleticgreens.com slash surf so that you can find optimal health and support our work. And um, yeah, lots of feedback from listeners on this one too. And it's all been positive across the board. Not a nary, not a negative word has been said. Well, look, the bottom line is, is that I feel good when I drink my AG1. Like I feel yeah. like I'm doing good stuff for me and my body. And oh, by the way, it's um, like I said, it's, it's sourced by a company that cares about the earth. Totally. And it's so simple. We need things in life that make our life better that are so simple. And it is, it shows up at your door every month. Um, and it's a 20 second process in the morning. So athleticgreens.com slash surf. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So you may not know this, or you might be privy to it, but the the world of golf has a new breakaway tour. It's called the LIV tour and it's backed by Saudi Arabian money mm. and millions and millions of dollars. And they've been trying to take golfers away from the PGA tour. And obviously the PGA tour is like, Hey, if you go to the Saudi tour, you're no longer welcome here. You're not allowed to, to play on our tour. Um, you know, we're going to sanction you and banish you. And, but the Saudi tour is going, hey, look, our field only has 48 golfers. It's just going to be two days. There's no cut and or elimination round. And we're going to pay you guaranteed show, uh, fee, uh, monies to show up, appearance fees. And the winner is going to get like $5 million at every event. Like the money that the Saudis are throwing at it is money that the PGA tour simply can't afford to throw at it. And so there's some, um, what's the word I'm looking for there's when you think about what you and I talk about like this um purple blob tour for lack of a better phrase where the waves are the stars and you just mentioned you go what we really want is the five best surfers because we know there's really five of them that if put in eight foot g land have the ability 
to surf it with such nuance and such precision and such expertise that we really don't need to see them get all the way to the semifinals. We know they belong there already. Um, there's opportunity for somebody to go, hey, let's do this breakaway thing. Now, if they did a breakaway thing and they had the kind of money, like who could have like, maybe it's Facebook, maybe it's Meta that goes, you know, you could see Zuckerberg going, why not? Let's, this is a great opportunity to, it's going to have to be somebody with so much money that even the top guys in the world are like, dude, they're offering me a half a million dollars to show up. Like they're giving the, us six guys a half a million dollars just to show up. And oh, by the way, if I win, it's 5 million. Like I can't not do that because yeah. it sets up my family for life. Um, it, this so this LIV Saudi Arabian tour that made me realize, wow, there could be somebody out there that really upsets the apple cart. Yeah, there there are a lot of people who have that level of wealth now. I think Zuckerberg and Meta would get it wrong entirely. You know, like um, they just they structure things in such a way that are built for their own ecosystem. It would just be so convoluted. We need kind of a wild man. We need a wild visionary and Elon feels like that guy. <laughs> Maybe the interesting thing about Saudi Arabia is that they're using it for sport washing, right? Because they're are atrocious with human rights, with women's rights, with, I mean, they, they bone sawed friggin' uh, American journalists to death. You know, they, they lured them into the, you know, like, so they're just like going, Hey, we're really not that bad. Let's all play golf, you know? Right. So then and, it becomes a question for the golfer themselves, whether or not they want to be part of that washing system. Right. Well, it's and so profiting off of it. Yesterday, they, they announced the golfers that are leaving the PGA tour to go over there. And there's like one or two pretty big time, you know, top 10 in the world golfers that are basically flushing their PGA tour legacy down the drain. They'll never be invited back to the PGA tour again for the money. And it's, what's interesting about it is that those guys didn't really need the money. I mean, per se, like relative to you and I, like they're already comfortable because now the rest of their field is a bunch of hacker guys that, you know, nobody even knows who they are. Yeah. But, but they've, but the Saudi league did get, you know, two or three or four legitimate golfers from the pga tour and siphoned them over i would like yeah i mean that it all feels so dirty now that it's the saudi example but in the surf world there could be a clean version of it you know red bull has the Does money red bull and, have that type of money do you think yeah they do and yeah. they have they also would benefit from the marketing so they could justify the spend yeah so they wouldn't be washing anything there's nothing right. dirty about it it would just right. make a lot of sense for them um, Jack Dorsey, who's going to get a big payout from selling Twitter. He has tweeted my podcast with Alex gray a couple of months ago when yeah. I published that. Yeah. So he's into surfing apparently. And, yeah. uh, that would be, that'd be, and epic. I'll tell you another thing is that Alex gray and Wingnut and those guys that do those real high end surf tours with super wealthy people are connected to people. Yeah. And Oh, by the way, if it's eight foot G land, I'm okay with Alex Gray being in the field. I'll watch that. That guy surfs great. I mean, eight foot cloud break to 12 foot cloud break. He'd be, you'd, you'd pick him, you know? 
Um, well, that's interesting and disturbing all at once. I mean, that is an example of such a extreme version of just sport washing, sport washing and kind of, um, capitalist overlord. Look, a lot of people's legacies have been tarnished. Like this guy, have you heard of this guy, Dustin Johnson? He's the no. pro golfer. He, at one time he was number one in the world right now. He's probably a top 10 guy. He's always in the, you know, he's, he might be on the backside of his career, but he, yeah. he cashed in. He said, I'm, I'm over the PGA tour. I'm doing the Saudi tour. Crazy. And it, it's, and it's really like a lot of people are like, wow, you know, like you're really doing that. Yeah. And it's pretty crazy. It is crazy. Um, well, uh, do you want to play another round of have you ever? Yes. I've got, I one, or, I've got one or two for you. Okay. Let's do this. I'll lead us off this week. Well, uh, why don't you explain one more time? Have you ever is uh, it's our attempt at having the listeners get to know us a little better through our surfing experiences. So Scott, have yeah. you ever flung your board at somebody? <laughs> why are these always like, you're trying to get me in trouble. Um, have I ever flung my board at somebody? I haven't not, I have not flung my surfboard at somebody. I would tell you if I had, and I, I have okay. not done that. I'll uh, Zeke Lau versus Jacob Wilcox or Magno yeah. Pacheco versus Levi Slauson. Um, I have done it once and wow. I immediately almost got punched out. And so I've never done it again. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. I was 16 years old at like, 60 62nd street newport kind of that last jetty left and um the waves weren't good it was a morning session uh my buddy we were gonna go in i think we had to go to school or something so my we were gonna go in and my buddy got the first wave in so he was standing on the beach watching me and i got a left and an old man like an old local burned me on it and <laughs> and so i'm like in my 16 year old head i'm going a i'm pissed because i got burned but more importantly my buddy is watching me get burned so i need to do something to assert my dominance here or my yeah, coolness or whatever yeah, you're the alpha so i flung my board at the old local old grumpy yeah. local and i specifically remember the thought in my head was I'm going to do it just for looks from my buddy, but I'm not going to actually try to hit the guy, obviously, you know? Right. So I did it just like a, dis, like a disappointed, frustrated, like, ah, fling my board his way. Well, he saw it and he kicked out of the wave. And at that spot, the water's not deep, you know? So I come up from the wave and I'm like in waist high water. And then I shake my head off and I look and he is too. And he's charging at me. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of like, he didn't put his fists up like he was going to hit me, but he was like, what the, what the fuck did you do that for mother effort? Get over here. You know, it just yeah. fully bull charged me. And I was just like, whoa, 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 no, no, I wasn't actually trying to hit you, you know, like try to backpedal and talk my way out of it completely. And uh, then he was just like, beat it. Get out of here, kook. I never want to see you again. You know, and I'm like, yes, sir. I'll see you later. I'm out of here. You'll yeah. never see me again. Um, but I mean, even when I was doing it, I knew I was just, it wasn't like really in my heart to really do this. It was just strictly for vanity to, you yeah. know? And so, but him 
this is where being the grumpy local actually makes sense because him responding in that way actually uh, plagued me from ever, you know, like I would never do that again because it just left such a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Um, Look, we all make mistakes. I'm glad you learned from it. I mean, that's, again, you mentioned, you know, the beauty of the life lessons in surfing. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly. It really was. Okay. I've got one for you. Okay. Have you ever put your wetsuit on backwards, David? No. Come on. What? <laughs> I don't think so. Never in a rush put your wetsuit on backwards? Shoot. No, I really don't think so. Or if I did, it didn't even stick in my memory because it was insignificant. No, I don't think I have. Me either. <laughs> really? You haven't? <laughs> no, I've never done that. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine why or how I would have. Um, have you ever... Or do you ever pee in a pool? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. No, I'm sure I have. Yeah. Dude, I pee every, I pee like, in, it's chlorinated. I mean, they put shit in here, so you should pee in it. <laughs> I pee in every single pool I've ever been in in my life. I don't know why it's so, ta- I mean, I know why it's taboo. But I think this is one of society's secrets that people like all claim to not do and everybody does. What about when you go to a resort and there's like a swim up bar where people are swimming and they're sitting on stools that are waist deep in pool water and they're drinking beers. That's all pee. They're sitting in pee. They're sitting and then they're swimming. And then like, I, I tell you what, resort pools and resort jacuzzis, I'm just like, no way. Those things are Petri dishes. They really yeah. are. I mean, Petri, like P-E-T-R-I. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I mean, look, I'm not proud of it, but yeah. exactly. if you're in a pool, do you ever want to get out of the pool and go find the restroom, like dry off for five minutes to go pee somewhere? No. And something about the pool exercises your urinary tract and you just have to pee when you go in a pool. It is what it is. And does the fact that we all pee in our wetsuits and it's just like part of second nature that we're just like, oh, fuck, it's just a push, just pee. Fuck it. Exactly. <laughs> so on. you have one, you 100% peed in Kelly's pool at Surf Ranch. <laughs> oh my God. Is that thing filtered? Is that filtrated water? I don't know. But I mean, the size of that pool huge dilutes the piece so right. much that it's yeah. not even yeah, yeah it's, it's not even a factor yeah. yeah what's the big deal non-factor i hold my pee until i go in there i don't use the restroom i i wait until i go into their pool last time i just stood on the side and peed straight in i didn't even go in that was you <laughs> just okay uh <laughs> let's see here Have you ever gone on a surf trip alone? A uh, road trip, not on a plane, but I've definitely done road trips, surf trips alone, central California. Yeah. All right. Have you? Yeah. I've gone on trips where I get on a plane by myself and go by myself. I used to go to Pasquale's like that. That's right. You invited me just a year ago, I think. Um, and then I couldn't go and you still went. My, yeah, my last surf trip, I went by myself. That's right. Do you prefer it? I kind of do because one, I have this thing about showing up at surf spots with like, I, I firmly believe, and I know a lot of people don't 
agree with me, but you should surf alone. You, you shouldn't bring a crowd. Now, look, if you're a father and you have a son, I get it. You know. Yeah. And I brought Hank plenty places surfing with me. And this isn't something that's like that I'm like gonna die over or whatever. I don't really care. But me personally, I just think it's the polite thing to do to show up at a surf spot, even if it's your local beach break right here, or you're traveling somewhere. Now, look, if you go to Indo, you're going with 10 buddies on a boat, that's different. But I think you should travel to Mexico by yourself. You know, now that I'm actually thinking about it, I've done the vast majority of trips on my own. And yes, on planes, I always um, layer in work and in the last decade, layer in podcasts. So they're not just like a surf trip, but I mean, I did Australia by myself in 2019, surfed almost all of those sessions. I linked up with a couple of people along the way to surf, but I surf most of those sessions by myself. I've done Europe surf trips by myself a couple of times, Mexico or Baja a number of times by myself, Hawaii I've done by myself. So yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you. Uh, There's actually, I don't know. I, I prefer surfing by myself actually, you know, I don't like talking. It's an individualistic thing. I totally agree. I mean, yeah, I just, I'm searching to surf by myself all the time. Like I don't totally, I don't need to call my best friend to go meet me down there. Heck no. I'd rather call him afterwards and go, where were you? <laughs> totally. You missed it. No, that's sad. That's not true. No, completely. Um, okay. So I, like, I've got some more of these, but maybe we should just hold off because. Yeah. I think four is good. Yeah. Um, I have a must-see moment and it's actually a too. series. Okay. okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's actually, it's actually a series that Stab's doing and they just released the second episode of it this morning. Yeah. And I wanted to mention it last week because it was so good, the one that they did. But yeah, they're doing a series called The Best Surfing I've Ever Witnessed. Oh. And this is a question that I actually have in my list of standardized questions that I ask people on Surf Splendor. And I don't always get to it, but certainly with like photographers, filmmakers, uh, pro surfers, it's worth asking because they travel the world with, you know, every, but all the greats. And so in episode one, they asked Blake Cooney, who is John John's filmer. And uh, this, the video piece is eight minutes long approximately. And for Blake, he explains that the session in April of 2012 at cobblestones in Western Australia is uh, the best surfing that he ever saw. And it was for a film that he was working on with John, John. And so they wanted to do John, John had this list of tricks that he wanted to execute for the film, which is kind of an interesting way to make a film. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I want this type of air variation or rotation. I want this type of grab. And so cobblestones is this wind blown onshore right hander with this crazy ramp. And it, obviously it gets offshore too, but they wanted to get it when it was onshore. And he said, let's bring Matt Miola and Aldi layer. And sure enough, Blake Cooney said, the reason why it was the best surfing I've ever seen is they had this list of tricks and they went out and just ticked them off. Like we timed the session for when there was the right swell and the right wind. And then they went out there and it's like, okay, Aldi wants to do a double alley-oop bang. Uh, Miola wants to do this crazy flip with this type of grab, bang, gets it. John John wants to do this, gets it. And then he comes back in, goes, okay, which other tricks do I have? These three. Okay, I'm going back out. I'm going to do those three. 
And he said within two sessions, they nailed all the tricks that they had. Wow. That is very interesting, huh? Like, I'm not sure anyone else has a list of tricks. They probably just go free surfing and whatever happens, happens. Right. And um, so that I would, that I w- again, almost brought it up last week with you. I just never got to it, but the footage is still mind blowing. It's 10 years old and it hasn't aged a day. Like you watch it and it's still just so top level. Um, it's, it would be setting the standard if they released it today. And then they just released a second episode of the series and it's with photographer Ryan Miller. And he said that the best surfing. And so Ryan travels on tour to all the stops with these surfers and then films and, or shoots photos of all the free surfing as well as the contest. So he sees a lot of great surfing and he said the best surfing that he's ever seen was at reunion Island in March of 2020 or March of 2012. And Jordy Smith was filming for his film bending colors. And it was the same thing where they're looking for an, the onshore, right. That they had seen in a previous Kai Neville film. And he brought Julian Wilson with him. So it was Julian and Jordy at the height of their uh, abilities and youth and hitting that crazy kind of well overhead section with wind to do crazy airs. And Ryan said, yeah, that was the best surfing he's ever witnessed. Wow. That's cool. My must-see moment is also from stab, which by the way, listeners has a bunch of great video content on their site right now. Um, But this one is Ian Crane's new film. Yeah. I watched that one yesterday too, but this one is trash. The process it's a stab edit of the year entry. And it's by this guy, Brad Flora, who's made this film using iMovie. And um, apparently he's like this former blue collar plumber from Maryland. I'd never heard of Brad. I've seen him surfing before. He surfs amazingly. Which is why I thought it was, it was sort of endearing. Like, so you've got this kind of like blue collar plumber guy that's shaping his own boards that absolutely rips, that spends a bunch of time. And again, because I don't know who he is, doesn't mean he's not in the space. I'm sure he is, but I had never heard of him. And he was ripping on his own self-shaped boards. And, and, you know, it's, so there's sort of that, like, you know, blue collar guy does good kind of vibe about this piece. And not to mention the, the actual surfing is, is top notch, top level, like this type of stuff you'd see from, you know, one of these professional filmers. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, the I've noticed them doing this edit of the year where they come across something that they think is among the best that will be released in the year. And so it's amazing that Brad Flora is in that conversation. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's 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 totally worth a watch um, just to acknowledge Brad surfing. You know, it's insane. Yeah. I'll check it out um, in regard to the, the series the best surfing I've ever witnessed. Can you think of the best surfing that you ever have witnessed? Yeah, it's funny. I was, I was kind of trying to remember some stuff when you were saying that. And you want to think about it for next week? Yeah. Let me think about it. Cause I mean, I, I can, I can riff, I can riff and think of a few that, but I don't, I'd have, I'd need time to figure out the best. And I don't think mine's all that great. Like when I think about it, like what have I actually witnessed? You I know? mean, You've not been on boat trips with Rastovich. 
that's true. I, I think the best surfing I witnessed was probably um, Can Dewey left for the OP Pro. Oh yeah. When you know it was Dorian and the two Irons brothers and Timmy Curran and uh, <clears throat> Aki. Aki, yep. And it was it was pretty mind blowing because it was one of those things where like, we're like, is it even breaking? And they all paddled out and within an hour, it was six to eight feet. And just, they were all screaming. Like it was kind of one of those moments where it all kind of built to a crescendo and just was epic for four hours, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's when you, again, you really see the difference between the world's best and just rippers, you know? Yeah. And waves like that. Yep. It was good. Cool, dude. All right. Well, look, until next time, Adios and aloha. Blue skies smiling at me. Nothing but blue skies do I see. Blue birds singing a song. Nothing but blue skies from now on. I never saw the sun shining so bright. Never saw things going so right noticing the days hurrying by when you're in love my how they fly by blue days all of them gone nothing but blue skies from now on
run out on.